Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Joshua. We're going to begin reading in chapter number 7, verses 1 through 13. Uh, Joshua, chapter number 7, verses 1 through 13. But the children of Israel committed a trespass regarding the accursed things. For Achan, the son of Kemri, the son of Zebdi, the son of Zerah of the tribe of Judah, took of the accursed things, so the anger of the Lord burned against the children of Israel. Now Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is beside Beth-Avon of the east side of Bethel, and spoke to them, saying, Go up and spy out the country. So the men went up and spied out Ai. And they, and they returned to Joshua and said to him, Do not let the people go up, but let about Two or three thousand men go up to attack Ai. Do not weary all the people there, for the people of Ai are few. So about three thousand men went up from there to the people, but they fled before the men of Ai. And the men of Ai struck down about thirty-six men, for they chased them from before the gate as far as Shebarim and struck them down on the descent. Therefore the hearts of the people melted and became like water. Then Joshua tore his clothes and fell to the earth. On his face before the ark of the Lord until evening, he and the elders of Israel, they put dust on their heads. And Joshua said, Alas, Lord God, why have you brought this people over the Jordan at all to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us? Oh, we had been content and dwelt on the other side of the Jordan. Oh, Lord, what shall I say when Israel turns its back before its enemies? For the Canaanites and the inhabitants of the land will hear it and surround us and cut off our name from the earth. Then what will you do for your great name? So the Lord said to Joshua, get up. Why do you lie thus on your face? How many know there's a time to pray and there's a time to get up? Israel has sinned and they have also transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them. But they have taken some of the accursed things and have both stolen and deceived. And they have also put it among their own stuff. Therefore, the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, but turn their backs before their enemies because they have become doomed to destruction. Neither will I be with you anymore unless you destroy the accursed from among you. Get up, sanctify the people and say, sanctify yourself for tomorrow, because thus says the Lord God of Israel, there is an accursed Thing in your midst, O Israel. You cannot stand before your enemies until you take away the accursed things from among you. We have been talking, we started a series last week speaking about momentum. We talked about the power of momentum and how important it is to have momentum in our lives. I said last week, and I believe it with all my heart, God wants us to always have a sense of moving from glory to glory to glory to glory, never becoming stagnant, but continuing to move forward in God. We ought to be looking back in our lives, and we ought to be looking back in this sense, in the sense that we have progressed. We've made some uh, progress in our lives. We're not doing the same things that we did before. There's a change that has occurred in our life because we have momentum, and God wants us to have that momentum. And so I want to talk today about a very, very important subject as it relates to momentum, dealing with the sin of Achan. 
Uh, one of the biggest stoppers, and I think uh, I, don't have, I wouldn't have a hard time convincing any of you of momentum, is the issue of sin. Now, there's not a whole lot of discussion today about the issue of sin. It's a very, very uncomfortable subject. In fact, if you listen to most of the radio outlets, television, media outlets, there always seems to be a denial of wrongdoing. In other words, it's not really my fault that I killed this person. It's not really my fault that, my, uh, that I, I did wrong. In actuality, it, it's somebody else's fault. Maybe it's my dad because I kind of grew up in this environment. Or, 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 or you know, it's, it's somebody else's uh, problem that caused me to have a problem. Therefore, it's, I'm not really the cause of the issue. And so what we have in our culture today, we have a generation of people who will not call sin, sin anymore. How many of you know what I'm talking about? We don't want to call sin, sin anymore. We want to say, well, you know, uh, they just, um, it's just a human problem. I'm just human. I mean, you've heard that before. Well, you know, uh, well, you know what? And, and, and even more so, there seems to be a lot of emphasis on the grace of God. Now, let me, let, me, let me clarify some things because I don't want nobody to misunderstand me. Every one of us need the grace of God. Every one of us need the mercy of God. If you've been in this church for any length of time, I always talk about the mercy and the grace of God because it is the gospel. I mean, when you begin to talk about the mercy and the grace of God and, and how God forgives and he restores hope. I mean, that's a very, very powerful concept and it's a powerful truth. But what we cannot do is sidestep the issue of sin because it undermines everything good that God wants to bring about in your life. And I believe that the enemy wants us to be, he wants to lullaby us to sleep, and he wants us to begin to think that it's okay to do this sin because all you need to do is just, just pray and ask God to forgive you, and he'll forgive you. And what we call that in modern terms is really an abuse of the grace of God. We're, we're trampling over the grace that God has brought to us. And so what, we, what, what the enemy don't want us to realize and understand is the destructiveness of sin. You, you understand what I'm saying? And other, here, here's what the enemy wants. The enemy wants you to come out here. He wants he want you, want you to have a good time. He wants you to just do whatever it is you want to do and then just go back home and say, Lord, forgive me. Lord, forgive me. He wants you to go back to confession every week. You know, I'm going to go sin this week. I'm going to go get drunk. I'm going to party hardy. I'm going to do everything I want to do. And I'll come back to church next week and I'll repent and I'll go back and do it again. How many know that's not Christian living? I told you it's going to be a deep word today. Watch this now, because Jesus says, what did the Bible say about sin? The Bible says that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. He didn't just come to save you, watch this, and deliver you from sin so that you can be positionally right with God. I mean, if you're a believer, you're a Christian, you are positionally right. had nothing to do with your ability. It has everything to do with the power and the grace of God. We understand that. But he also came to destroy the works of the devil because it's the works of the devil that is wreaking havoc in the earth today. 
It's the works of the devil that's causing family to split up. It's the works of the devil that's causing poverty in our communities. It's the works of the devil that's causing uh, all kind of sinful wars and activities and hatred and bigotry and anger and children being disobedient to parents. And there's no sense of covet, uh, 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 no sense of a, a, a covenant life anymore. People just they're in and out doing whatever it is they want to do. See, this is the kind of culture that we live in today. And so there's a lot of emphasis. Oh, yeah, 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 don't worry about it. Just do what you want to do. But then what's happening is our families are still a mess. Our communities are still a mess. Our nation has digressed. I don't know if you, if you realize that, but, but our nation has digressed in some very, very serious ways. So then what will the church do? Will we be, will, listen, will we be a people that stand by and just kind of go with the flow or are you willing to step in and say, wait, 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 wait a minute. You got to understand the Bible also declares that you shall reap what you sow. OK, let's understand that. Pastor Gary didn't say that. Yeah, he talks about the mercy of God. It talks about how he forgives us. But he also says you will reap what you sow. So God, yes. Will God forgive you of your sin? Oh, yes, he will. Will God cleanse you of all unrighteousness? Yes, he will. Will you still have to deal with the consequences of your sin? Yes, you will. But see, that's what we don't talk about because the, the, see, we said before, and I want to I say it again. Jesus is not about making out. He don't attach rules to, and, and regulations or he tell us not to do things just because he wants to put restriction on us. How many know the Bible says who the son sets free is free indeed? God wants you to live a free life. But not freedom in the sense that I'm being chained by sin. The Bible said he came to destroy the works of the devil. He wants us to be free of sin. That we're not a slave to it anymore because sin destroys. It kills. It distorts. Uh, it, it dis- I mean, it, it kills dreams, destinies, purposes. Every- there is nothing good with sin at all. None of it. And so we got to understand that we got to come to a place as believers that, that yeah, we, we talk about the grace of God, but we got to warn people, don't, you may not want to do that. Because at some point, you're going to have to pay. At some point, the Bible says what? The wages of sin is what? Death. But the gift of God is eternal life. We all love to go to work and we get our wages, we get money, we get paid, and that's our wage, you know, for a good day's work. Hopefully you're doing a good day's work. And you get your wage and you're happy about it. But the Bible said the wages of sin is death. You know, not only physical death, but death of everything else in your life. I mean, there is something every time we sin that there is something that's dying in our life, something that we're, we're giving up ground to the enemy. And we're talking about those that are just you willfully you're sinning against God and you know it's wrong. But yet you're still allowing yourself to believe the lie that it's okay for me to do this sin and then not be really accountable to God. God will just wipe it away. Well, he wiped your sins away. That's true. But the Bible talks about in Hebrews 6 that, that if we go sinning willingly after we know the truth, we can expect a certain kind of judgment. That's not what's preached today. Am I right about it? That's not what preach because we want people to know. We want people to know that it's okay. It's okay. Do what you want to do. You know, we're just human. I know I'm a human. I don't need nobody telling me I'm human. You know that, right? You don't. I don't. You don't need. I don't need to walk up to you and say, "Sister Diva, you're human." Diva knows she's human. But the Bible says, "Be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect." 
And so we cannot have a cavalier attitude as it relates to this issue of sin because sin will stop everything. The momentum. I mean, you know, we've seen it in every aspect of our lives. I mean, in, 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 you know, in every category in our community, look at religious leaders. How many times have we seen religious leaders fall? I mean, Jimmy Swagger, Jim Baker, accusations coming out of Atlanta, you know, and, and these are people that had great momentum, right? God was doing wonderful things, and all of a sudden, sin just come up, and, and you know, because at, at, at some point, you're going to have to pay, you have to have to deal with it, but all of a sudden, the momentum has stopped. Think about it from a political standpoint. President uh, such and such, you know what I'm talking about, was great momentum, very, very articulate and bright, and all of a sudden we got a sex scandal in the White House, and how many know the momentum stopped? Think about it in sports. Tiger Woods was the golden child of golf. And all of a sudden he had great momentum, winning tournaments. By the way, he ain't won a tournament since that. I'm just saying. He had great momentum. I mean, and all of a sudden, sin, bang. I mean, sin will, sin will deceive you. The enemy will lock you in. He will entice you. He will tell you how good this can be. He will tell you, come, come away with me. You can do this thing in secret. Nobody will know. Nobody will know what's going on behind closed doors. And he gets you. He hooked you. It may be one month. It may be two years. It may be 10 years. But at some point, payday is coming. Because, you know, Satan don't play fair. Satan will make sure you can do all that you can try to do to try to sweep it up. But Satan will make sure that at some point it's going gonna, it's gonna to be revealed. So what do we know about sin? We know how destructive it is. We understand that. And we know that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. We understand that. Hebrews 12.1 also says this, therefore we also, since we have been surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight, watch this, and the sin which so easily ensnares us. That don't sound like a free, a, a grace is a, a license to sin, doesn't it? Grace is not a license to sin. Grace is, grace is giving you that you might say, Lord, thank you. That I don't have to be a slave to that anymore. I don't have to be hooked on this anymore. I don't have to live this kind of lifestyle anymore. I can live a life that is free of that. You see, he says, it's the picture of a, a person. And, you know, I used to run track. And, you know, one of the things when you run track, you know, is a reason why they're dressed very, very shallow. They have nothing but shorts on. They're very, very loose because... They don't want anything to hold. They want to be, they want to run as fast as they possibly can. They don't want nothing to hold them back. They don't put a hat on their head. They don't put nothing because they want to reach their optimum speed. See, sin, what it does is it stops you from reaching your optimum best that God has for you in your life. He's, he, the Bible says it's a weight. Here you are. You're trying to move this way. You're trying to move this thing. And sin is counterproductive. It's pulling you back. It's pulling you back. And you're sitting back wondering why. What is up with me? Why am I having the blessing of God? Why aren't things happening? For What's going on in my life? Could it be possible that, that, that God may be trying to get your attention about something? 
All I'm trying to say, Pastor, what are you saying? All I'm trying to say is that God's grace is there for us. But we got to understand still that we got to deal with the sin issue. We, we just cannot ignore sin and say, because we understand what it does to people. We understand what it does to, to families, what it does to homes, what it does to nations. The Bible says righteousness exalts the nation, but sin is the reproach of any people. And so we understand it. And so we got to warn people, not because not because we take delight in just telling people that they're going to hell. Nobody should take delight in that. That's a that's a horrible place. Nobody. We don't want nobody to go to hell. But we got to recognize. We got to recognize that that, that, that that the sin is something that will destroy everything in your life, it'll all come crashing down in a moment of time. Amen. One act. Well, what? it's just a little thing. It's not, I mean, it's just my little thing. No, it's not your, I'm going to show you this morning through the word. Your sin ain't just your little thing. It's not just your little thing. It affects generations. So the Bible says in Numbers 33, 23, you can write this down, I'm just but if you do not so, then take note, you have sinned against the Lord, and be sure your sin will find you out. Mark 4.22 says this, But there is nothing hidden which will not be revealed, nor has anything been kept secret but that it should come to light. Now, how many know that Jesus is not a liar? How many of you believe the word of God is the word of God? Amen. Okay. Jesus says, number one, it's going to find you out. He said, whatever's done in secret is coming out. It's coming out. So we got to deal with this thing. So let's, let's, let's deal with this thing of Achan for a moment. Achan, Achan, Achan. This was the, the move of God. How many know that the children of Israel had great momentum at this particular point because God had delivered them out of Egyptian bondage. Moses was leading the people. Now, Moses could not go into the land of promise because the people got on his nerve and he got in the flesh. And he got mad and he lost his temper. God said, you ain't going to go. And I always read that and say, Lord, that's a little harsh for Moses. You know, God's a non-Moses to whom much is given, much is required. But they're moving forward. The children of Israel coming out of Egypt, God opening the Red Sea, and they're just walking on dry ground. They're praising God. And now all of a sudden they're progressing into their land of promise. Some time go by because they had a period of time in there where they just started acting up. But, but when it came time for them to enter their land of promise, I mean, man, they start destroying their enemies. The fame had went out. Don't mess with those folks. They're bad because the anointing of God is on them. I mean, the nation, everybody around them heard about the children of Israel. They said, wait a minute, these folks, boy, don't, don't, don't touch them. God's anointing. I mean, they were, they were destroying, they were defeating nations much bigger than they were. So Moses died. Now, you would think that after Moses died, that perhaps the momentum would have stopped or slowed. But it did not. Because if you look at Joshua chapter 1, God tells Joshua, he said, Joshua, well, right before Joshua chapter 1, I believe the, at the end of the book of Numbers, God basically tells Moses to a, a, a anoint the man of God. Joshua will be the one that's going to take the people. And so God told, begin to communicate to Joshua. He said, Joshua, here's what I want you to do. I want you to meditate in that word day and night. I, want, I don't want you to look to the left. I want you to look to the right. I want you to stay in the word. I want you to follow me. I want you to honor me because you, Joshua, are going to take the people to that land of promise. And so the momentum continued on. 
So they're continuing to, I mean, God is doing some great things. They're progressing toward their goal. And then come Jericho. You remember the story about Jericho? Jericho, the walls can be singing with our kids. Jericho, here come the wall, come tumbling down. They marched around the city of Jericho for seven days. On the seventh day, they marched seven times. Joshua said, I want you to shout. And when they shouted, the walls came coming down. How many know, boy, that, that'll get your confidence up. How many you know, I know God is with me because I'm just saying stuff and stuff just happening. And so the people shouted with a great shout. The walls came down. And boy, I'm telling you, it was the greatest feeling. God was moving. I mean, man, I mean, the spirit of God was strong on those people. Everybody knew what was happening. There was a sense of awe. There was a sense of, of purpose being achieved. And then all of a sudden, they got to go deal with a little bitty old AI. Everybody say AI. AI, small, only two letters in AI. It's a little suburb of Jericho. And so they're still, you know, rooting out the land, headed to that land of promise. And, and then they, they, they go back to spout the land and say, Joshua, say, uh, uh, there's that, that's pretty small people there. I mean, we dealt with people a little bigger than these, so we'll just, just send a few thousand people over there. We'll knock them out. It won't be a problem. Uh, God says, basically, that's cool. The only thing I want you to do, go over there, but look, there's certain things you can't touch. All right? I want you to go, but, but do me a favor, the silver, the bronze, the iron, and the gold, all that's going to the treasury of the Lord, okay? Don't mess with that. And everything, so, so take that, put it in the house of God, everything else destroyed. So they go over there, man. Now, now there's a little this guy named Achan. So everybody say Achan. Achan lusted. He saw, the scripture says. He looked, he saw, and he even describes it later on. And Achan decided, well, wait, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, um, he looked, they go here, they destroy, you know, they, he see all this spoil. This was right, this was right before AI, actually. This was right before AI, uh, before they actually go into the battle. And, uh, and uh, they, they decide that he's going to take some things uh, in the last battle they were at, at Jericho. He's, he took a couple things. He says, well, you know, that, that treasure, that gold, that silver, and all that bronze, uh, uh, I kind of like this. In fact, I'm going to take this. Uh, and then he saw some nice, beautiful garments. And he said, oh, I'm going to take that, too. And, and you know what else he said? He said, you know, he was saying to himself, well, you know, nobody knows. I mean, <laughs> I mean it's plenty of this stuff. I mean, God got enough. Uh, nobody really knows what I'm doing. I, you know, I'm not going to hurt nobody else. I just tell a few folks like my family. I let my wife in on a little bit, and then we'll take it. And the Bible said he hid it underneath the, their tent, deep down under the dirt. Now, this was after God's given, and God said, look, let me know. It, it kind of goes back to, you know, that, that same thing that God said in, in the book of Genesis. You know, he told uh, Adam and Eve, he said, look, so every tree is yours. Every, you can have it all, except for this one. Amen. And where did they go? Right to the one thing God said, don't touch. And because they went to the one thing God said, don't touch, you and I are struggling today trying to get people saved. Because of that one little, ain't this just me? I, I mean, I'm going to take this. Nobody's going to know. This is my little secret sin. I mean, you know, I'm going to take a little bit. And, 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 you know, after all, God don't really mind. God want me to be blessed. And after all, he gave it to us. I mean, he owns it. I mean, he, I mean he, we defeated our enemies. And God want me to have this. Uh, somewhere the Bible didn't. Somewhere the Bible says that obedience is better than sacrifice. Y'all, y'all remember that? 
kind of like the same problem that uh, brother uh, King Saul had, that they decided he said go destroy the Malachite, just take destroy everything. I mean, get rid of every, everything. Every, everything got to go. And, 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 and some of them said, wait a minute, wait, wait a minute, we're gonna keep some of this stuff. And and and. And the prophet had to come to us, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. He's he up there happy. We did exactly what the Lord said. You know why he said that? Because he thought that that little bit of sin that he did, that little bit of disobedience wasn't a big deal. That's why we think that little bit of sin is not a big deal. It's okay to tell a white lie every now and then. It's okay to deceive people and trick people every now and then. I mean, it's really okay. Nobody really knows. I'm not hurting nobody. I mean, no, they're aching now. So now, so they got the spoil from Jericho, and now they're progressing to fight AI, and they go up to this little bitty AI, and they get their tails whipped. They get beat up, and, and, and boy, and, and, and Joshua, because he's been seeing the momentum. We've been having victory after victory after victory, and, and, and little AI just defeat. What's going on? God, what's happening? What's up? God, why is this, this, this thing happening? That You know, you brought us over here so we can be destroyed. What's up, God? God said, no, 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 no. You got some problems. There's some sin in the camp. God gave clear direction. How many know if God says don't touch something, you better not touch it? He says, now, don't touch the accursed thing. Now, now what's the accursed thing? Well, the accursed thing is anything that God says don't touch, don't do. See, I believe everybody, for an example, everybody have a sin under death, I believe. Some kind of issue, that whether, it's, whether it's pornography or whether it's drugs or whether it's alcohol abuse or whether it's some form of gambling, that, that, that if you enter into that at all, it will zap you, it will destroy you. And God says to you, don't you touch that. Don't touch that. Don't touch that. And, 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 and just, like, just like Eve and Adam, do you really mean, God, not to touch that? See, the accursed thing is that thing that will destroy your family. It will steal your job. It will steal your peace. It will steal your joy. Everything good that God wants to build in your life, the accursed thing is there to take it. It's a threat. Everybody say threat. The accursed thing is a threat. And when God says to you, don't do something, God is saying that to you because God is trying to warn you. If you do this, here's what the consequences are going to be. I, 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 yeah, you can pray to me and, and I will be. How many know King David? A man after God's own heart, he committed the sin with Bathsheba. Oh, yes, David, I'm sure it was good, wasn't it, David? It was lovely, wasn't it? Oh, yes, I enjoyed it. But how many know that God forgave him, but, boy, his family was messed up. He had his sister, he had his son raping his sister or, 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 or his daughter. Incest in the family. He had one son, Absalom, trying to take his whole throne. He was a fugitive running from his own throne because his own son was trying to kill him. God said, this will be your judgment. You did this thing in secret, David, but I'm going to bring this thing out in, in open daylight. I'm going to let everybody know what's going on here. Now, everybody would agree David was forgiven. Was he not? 
But he still had to deal with the consequences of what he had done. See, we don't want to talk. See, the devil wanted to kind of just brush that over. But understand the reason why you don't want to sin is not just just, you know, you know I know God will forgive me. The reason you don't want to do it is because it's going to come back and haunt you. Sin. Listen, the devil, like I said before, he doesn't play fair. He's dirty. He'll sit back and wait for years. He'll let you just engross yourself. He'll let you just sit back and do your thing and nobody else know what's going on. He's just, and then one day, all of a sudden, you're sitting there like, what did I do? Oh, my goodness. So watch this. Understand this. Your sin affects more than you. It affects other people. How many of you have ever had, now, you don't have to say anything, but I will tell you in my own family, I've seen this. How many of you have seen personal struggles you have in your own walk with God? But then if you go back and you look through your family, that's why it's good to know where you came from, because there's a spirit attached. You look back in your generation, you look back, and you're like, man, it seemed like this has been a problem all throughout my family. That's been a curse that's been operating. I mean, I'm dealing with this problem because this was, see, in my family, alcohol was a big thing. And I realized that's a good guy. I mean, everybody, they get up in the morning. My grandmother used to put whiskey in the coffee. You ever heard of such a thing? I mean, boy, they were drinking. And so my dad died as an alcoholic. His brothers, all of them were alcoholics. And I'm sitting back and I'm looking back and I started looking back. I'm like, man, it's a generation of alcoholics. It was passed down. You know why? Because it's the spirit. See, you may do your, see, you can get involved in some kind of a sin and, and, and you may do it and nobody sees you. Your family may not see you or the people you love may not see it, but because it's a spirit, it's going to surface. And you're going to look up and you're going to say, and you get mad at, the, at them because you know you don't want them to be like you. See, we got a problem with anger. I don't want my children to be like me. Because that anger issue has been an issue throughout your, and you never dealt with it. And you got to break that thing. And here you sitting back thinking, oh, this is just my little. No, 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 no. It's a spirit. And since it's a spirit, you can't fight it in the flesh. So if you try to hide it, the spirit transcends the flesh. It will surface up. And you're going to have to deal with the consequences. So Achan's sin, watch this. His sin affected a whole move of God. You mean to tell me one person? God, that you're going to stop the move of God, the nation, because of this guy? You know, and I, th- I begin to think, Lord, why Achan caused the whole move of God? You know what God spoke to me? He said, because I want my people to understand how serious sin is, how serious I am about sin. He said, I, wanna, I want my people, I don't want there to be any misunderstanding about this. And so God, so God gave us stern warnings right here in his word. And God said, I want y'all to understand, I want them to know how serious this is because his sin, that little thing he did by hiding, all he did, all he did, all he did was just hide a little, just take some stuff. Nobody saw, nobody was affected. Oh, how many know God sees? Uh, And and the Bible says that uh, the ways of a man are in the eyes of the Lord and he ponders all of his doing. How many know you can't escape God? You know, that, that's, that, you know, I have they say about Vegas. I've never been to Vegas. I really don't have a desire to go to Vegas. Whatever happens in Vegas, what? Y'all know it. I don't even save all your life. What, what was that? Stays in, Stays in Vegas, right? 
They told me one time, we went on, I went on a business trip. They told me, we went to Canada. Hey, uh, uh, hey, Gary, you know, uh, whatever happens in Canada stays in Canada. I said, the devil is a liar. So if you don't want it, if you want you better not do it in front of me. I tell guys, guys don't want to, I, I do extradition. Guys don't want to hook up with me. I don't want to go with the pastor because I don't want to be held in check. Because if you're going to talk about it, if you're going to try to do it, I'm going to expose you. I'm, now, I'm not saying I'm going to go out here and run and tell everything, but if somebody come up and ask me, so what's I'm going to look, brother so-and-so was out here in the hotel room with some other chick doing whatever, 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 whatever. Don't, don't expect me to lie. I'm serious. I, I tell them right up front, don't expect, because I, ain't, I don't want no parts of that. So don't tell me whatever stayed. It don't stay nowhere. How many know, how many people have done it and thought it, it stayed? I mean, you know, you know, even I heard last time I was looking at this thing on ESPN and, and, and Brett Favre is in some trouble now. And I'm thinking to myself, these guys, this was something happened three, four years ago. You're thinking, well, I got away with this too, hallelujah. And all of a sudden, sin comes knocking. You know, when sin, you know when it comes back up on you? When you least expect it. When, you know, look, when everything is going good, when you seem like you got a little momentum, because see, you remember, everything the devil does, he does to set you up. Look at the neighbor and say, it's a setup. He's just setting you up. He's setting you up. You ain't getting away with nothing. If, you, if you're involved in some kind of secret sin, you're not getting away with it. Don't kid yourself. It's, it ain't happening. You got to deal with it. You got to come clean. You got to say, look, before it's too late. And, you know, God gives warnings. He speaks. He says, look, here's what you need to do. Here's, and, and don't, don't ignore that. Just say, Lord, 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 okay, okay, I got this problem. I got this issue. I need to deal with this. Somebody help me. Get on the phone. Talk to somebody. Do whatever you got to do. But don't let this thing go and you think that somehow that it's not going to come back and pay up. Well, I had one guy tell me with me, you know, I, I, I slept with this woman. I cheated on my wife once. And uh, how many years ago was it? Like three or four years ago. I mean, it's longer. Should I tell my wife? <clears throat> yeah. You better let her know. Because the devil's going to make sure she finds out. Oh, yeah. He, he, <laughs> he's going to make sure that come out because he's saving that one, baby. He got that right here. He's saving that thing. He's holding on to it. He's waiting for the right time to pull that thing up. I mean, no, he's dirty. He don't play fair, so deal with it. Look at the neighbor and say, deal with it. Don't get mad at the pastor. Just deal with it. All right. Sin caused them to lose against their enemies. Now, here's the thing. Now, understand. Now, they were making progress all of a sudden in Joshua 7, 12, verse 12. Said, he, said, he said in that verse, he said, they will, you will not be, and this is deep. God says, you will not be able to stand up against your enemies. One of the ways, David said, I like this scripture verse, and you can write it down. David said in Psalm 41, 11, watch this. He says, I know that you are pleased with me, for you have not let my enemies triumph over me. One of the ways you know God is with you is that you just keep having breakthroughs. The enemy, every plot, every scheme, it don't work. <laughs> because God is with you. David said, I know when God is with me because, you know, I just keep whipping some butt. They just keep trying to pull me under. They just keep trying to make me. But, but I just keep on coming on top. I mean, they're, they're trying to destroy my life. They're trying to destroy my reputation. They're but, but I just keep on overcoming. You know why? Because God is with you. 
But how many know the sin, though, will cause that little momentum that you had to suddenly stop? And then God is saying to you, uh, we ain't going to go any further until you deal with this issue. Wait a minute, God. You mean, yes, you have to deal with this issue. How many know the Bible says that God disciplined those that he loved? How many have ever received the chastening hand of God? I don't mind saying that. I mean, I get my, get my share. But God says he disciplines us so that we can be partakers of his righteousness. Sometimes the Bible even says in that particular verse that sometimes parents or whatever, they'll do it for their own gratification. But, but God does things for our benefit. Understand this thing of how important this thing is. And so what did Joshua do? The first thing he did when he realized something was wrong. See, if you're discerning, that this would affect your ministry. This would affect your home. This would affect your marriage. This would affect every aspect of your life. So let's just say you sense some momentum. Something's not right. What do you do? Something ain't right. I, I sense something's wrong. I don't know what's happening here. Something's wrong. Then, you know, at that point, then maybe, you know, you need to do what Joshua did. The first thing Joshua did, Joshua said, wait a minute, we losing the AI? You know, that's like, that's like the United States losing to... You know, come on, somebody give me a weak nation, militarily speaking. Come on, you military brats. All right, it's kind of rough, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's it's you know, it's like they lost a little bit of, little bit, little bit of AI, and and Joshua knew something was up. He's this 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 something wrong. God, something wrong. And you know what the first thing he did? He, the Bible said that he fell on his face and said, Lord, what is the problem? When you sense that momentum is lost in your life, the first thing you need to do is get on your face and begin a soul search. And here's what you do. You say, Lord, if there's anything in me that is hindering this, because, you know, we all can do this. We, we're good at this. But, you know, you notice something about this? Do you notice something about this? How many fingers are pointing at yourself? Three. But we love to do this. But it's three pointing back. So one of the things, if you start to sense the momentum is being lost in life, get on your knees and say, Lord, what's, Lord, what's going on here? And, and, and I believe God will show you. Sometimes God try to get our attention and we ain't listening a lot of times. We ain't praying. That's why it's so important to pray on a regular basis. You see, as a pastor, I can come up here and I can try to wing it. And I could try to fake it. But you know, at some point, if you're a discerning congregation, you'll figure out passing in the word. Something ain't right. If you're discerning. And you'll know, like, because you've been praying. I hope you've been praying. You've been praying. Something is not right about this. And, 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 and one of the things that, that see, and we all, lump, look at, we all lump into this thing together. So what I do will have an effect on you. This is, a, this is deep. And what you do can have an effect on the entire move of God of what he's trying to do here. And you're thinking that, what? And God said, no, no, there's sin in the camp. You cannot stand against your enemies until you stop and deal with it. And so that's why we have consecration week every year. 
to give us a chance to break those sin habits, to give us a chance to come clean. And so that we can rid this thing because we can't do what we need to do if we are entertaining sin in our life. You know, so Joshua, so the first thing you do, seek the Lord. Get on your face. Ask God what's happening. And then when God speaks to you, just come clean. One of the reasons why I think David was so beloved to God was because the Bible says, you know, David was quick to repent, wasn't he? In Psalm 51, that's a beautiful psalm of repentance. David just said, Lord, you know, cleanse me, oh God. He said, he, said, he talks about how he himself was, he said, I alone have done this sin. You, you are right. You are right when you judge. God, Lord, cleanse me. I alone have sinned against you. I'm the one that's guilty. I'm the one who did this thing. And so, so we need to do like Joshua did. We need to, we need to seek the Lord. Now watch this. What, did, what else did Achan do? He took that which was devoted to the Lord. He took what was devoted to the Lord. He took. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost? You can't just take your body anyplace. You just can't put anything in your body. Your body don't belong to you. It's, it's God's. Okay, Pastor, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, Romans 12, 1, I beseech you, therefore, by the mercies of God, to present your body as a living what? Holy and acceptable unto God, which is what? Reasonable service. Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. I'll give you an example of a tithe. I remember years ago, I was, I was, I was sitting there contemplating this thing, and I was wrestling with God. It was like, I wrestled. I mean, you know, you, you know, when you get saved and you come into the kingdom, one of the first things you wrestle with is your money. And if you tell me you're not telling the truth, you're lying. You wrestle with it. And one of the things I said, man, I can do A, B, you know. And this guy said, well, you need to start tithing. Well, wait, 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 well, brother, I got bills to pay. I got responsibilities. And, you know, now, I remember I entered into a season where I was tithing. But then I decided there was a couple of things came up. And I said, you know, God want me to be blessed. And I work hard. And the Bible says he give you all things richly to enjoy. And so I said, I want this. And so I decided not to do what I was supposed to do. And do you know that the very thing that I thought would benefit me, it turned against me and it cursed me. I found out real quick that my finance and everything start drying up quicker. And I was I was more out of whack because I wasn't giving God his off the top because it was a devoted thing to the Lord. So he took Achan took that which was devoted to God. And the thing that he thought would bless him, boy, it ended up cursing him. Look at the neighbor say, Pastor preaching good today. How many know failure to obey the clear command of God? You can't, you can't win with that. You can't win. Let me, let me tell you something. I, 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 like anybody else, I have my struggles. I have my challenges. But one of the things that I have come to realize, and it took me a little while to get there, but... The only way for me to win in this life 
is to commit myself to obeying what God says. Not trying to rationalize it, not trying to minimize the sin, not trying to give some reason why it's okay to do what you know in your heart is not right to do. The momentum of this whole nation, uh, here's what I want you to understand, the whole nation was affected by this problem. Sin. And why do we think somehow, some way that we can escape that? That we think in our human wisdom that somehow that we can overcome disobeying what God says in his word to do. We can't. You cannot ever win until you make up in your mind that you're going to obey this word. I mean, just say, you know what, Lord? You know what? I don't always, you know what? And it's okay to say sometimes people say, well, I don't agree with it. Well, you know, that's okay. You don't have to agree with it. You just need to obey it. You'll be blessed for it. Now, I think, I think, you know, and now they got this thing nowadays, boy, it drives me nuts. It's just your interpretation. Boy, if that's the biggest lie of the devil, it's just the way you interpret it. The stop sign out there, how many ways do you interpret that big old red sign that says stop? How many ways can you interpret that? I used to go in the courtroom and I'd be before the judge and I'd charge somebody to run a stop sign. And they would try to convince the judge that they stop. I'm saying like, but you're crazy. You know, could I get them? If you didn't stop, I mean, if you were moving a little bit, you violated it. And I used to watch him, buddy. You, buddy you know, I was watching. I was back then, I was, I was Ricky on, I was relative, I was within five years. You know, when you're within five years, you'd be trying to lock up everybody, you'd be trying to pull over every car. I mean, they used to get on the radio and say, you know, Bailey, you need to get off the radio, we, you know, just stop. Because I'd be needing backup and everybody, there'd be midnight shift, everybody trying to relax. I'm up there on the radio. Scout 560 Baker, traffic stop, middle of the night, 3 or 4 in the morning. And they're like, man, get off the radio, what's wrong with you, man? I would, and I watch If you move a little, you, you got to come to a complete stop. I'm watching. Nope, they didn't do it. Whoop! I light them up. You know, you all know what that means, right? Blue light special. I light them up. And they, they well, I stopped because in that mind, they're thinking, well, I slowed down. So that's good enough. When God says stop, how many know God means stop? You can't, you can't try to, you don't try to rationalize it. Don't try to act like, you know, that, 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 that I can disobey a little bit. Because that little bit is disobedience. See? It's disobedience, and you're going to have to deal with that. Now, now, in closing, a couple things. Now, you all know the story. You go and read it in your own time. But Achan, Achan's entire family was killed. Go read the story. And I thought to myself, you know, you ever like read the Bible and start asking God some questions? Because, you know, the Bible never gives you the, you know, you don't have all the full, full story. You know, because you read the book of Acts, you know, they talk about all the Acts. They don't tell you they had to get up that morning, had to brush their teeth, had to take a shower, had to take a bath. You just assume that that's what they had to do, right? You know, the Bible ain't going to give you every single little minute detail. So understand that. But boy, one of the things I was asking, like, 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 like God, why did the whole family have to die? I mean, Aiken was the one that kind of engineered this. You know, a couple things came to mind. One was, first of all, if they hid it, if he dug it underneath their house, the tent, 
then there's a good chance that probably somebody might have knew about that <laughs> in the family. But secondly, even more importantly than that, I believe God was sending a very, very powerful message that if you are going to decide to sin against me and disobey me, you need to understand that this can kill, destroy, wipe out everything about your life. The whole family was killed. And you know, after the family was killed, after, after the whole family, they dealt with this thing because Achan came up. Now, Achan, and I thought, if you read the story, Achan came up, Achan said, look, I was the one that did it. They, they, and Joshua came, he said, look, confess, give glory to God. Tell us what you did, son. Tell us, let us know. He said, look, I hid this stuff. I saw, I lusted. I saw the jury. I thought it wasn't a big deal. I took it. And you would think at that point, they'd be like, okay, let him go, you know. Uh, he said, bring him out front. Let's deal with this. You got to go. Same thing with Moses. Moses just hit a rock because he got mad at the people. He hit the rock. God said hit a couple. He just went, bam, bam. He just went off. And God said, you ain't going to land a promise. It's a little harsh, God. God is serious about obedience. He's serious about this thing. And, you know, just because we're in a dispensation of grace don't mean that God's attitude towards sin has changed. Are, are you understand what I'm saying? Because people think that because we're in the age of grace, God's attitude has become a little lax regarding sin. No, no, no. No, it's the same. God's attitude about sin is not the same because sin has the same effect today as it had back in those days. And that's why Jesus came and he was manifest to destroy the works of the enemy. And so the whole nation, after they got rid of the sin, guess what happened? They went on the AI and they whipped them, ambush style. Talk about a military strategy. General Schwarzkopf had nothing on this strategy. This was a God thing. But you know what? It didn't happen until they got rid of the accursed thing. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed.